The following sermon was delivered by Senior Pastor Rev. Dr. Scott Black Johnston in the sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday in person or on live stream. For details, go to FAPC.org. And now, here's Rev. Dr. Scott Black Johnston. The strange and quirky power of having a live streaming ministry continues to amaze me. Some of you have been asking me this morning, how's Werner doing? How are Werner and April doing? Well, I got a text from Werner right before worship saying that he and April are at the hospital, she is in labor, and they are watching this service as a distraction from that experience. And so let's say hi to April and Werner. We love you. We have no idea what's happening right at this very moment, but we pray for courage and stamina and for the very most successful birth of, of baby boy Ramirez. We can't wait to hear from you. Bless you. Let us pray. Gracious God, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit so that as your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we might hear with joy what it is that you are saying to us this day. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This fall, Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church has been taking a close look at moments of wonder. We've been studying the human experience of awe. We've looked at awe in the midst of the natural world. Natalie helped us do that. We've looked at awe that comes upon us when witnessing acts of moral goodness. And we've even talked about the sort of awe that can come upon a person in the midst of human suffering. We've looked at, at moments in the Bible when, when people have experienced wonder, moments when people have felt like they were standing in the presence of God. And we've searched for parallels in our own lives and in this messy world. Today, on All Saints Sunday, we're going to explore the sense of wonder that we can feel in the presence of other people, specifically in the midst of friendship. How do other people usher us into the presence of the holy? To help us explore this sort of wonder, let's turn our attention to the book of Psalms. Listen now for God's word to you as it echoes to us from Psalm 133, beginning with the first verse. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It's like the precious 
oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This past week, many have mourned the untimely passing of actor Matthew Perry. Perry's character, Chandler Bing, was the comedic heart of the smash television show Friends. His impeccable timing, silly putty face, Willingness to toss his pride under the bus for the sake of a laugh made him so very, very lovable to us. And then, in recent years, Perry's honesty about his addiction to alcohol, painkillers, and other drugs made him even more dear, a vulnerable soul for whom we wanted the best. The entertainment juggernaut that vaulted Perry to fame boasted a spectacularly beautiful cast, a a hopeful theme song, and a title lifting up life's sweetest gift, friends. So there's something extra tragic about the fact that Matthew Perry struggled with loneliness, deep, soul-sucking loneliness for most of his life. Fame, Perry wrote, does not do what you think it's going to do. In his 2022 book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Fame does not give you a deep connection with other people. It is not a foundation for true friendship. It's hard for most of us to imagine life without friends, without people who know when to comfort us and how to tease us, without people who are willing to laugh with us at life's bizarre turns and to sit quietly alongside us and to grieve life's hard blows. There are people in this world who have seen us when when we're tired and cranky and not at all our best, and yet miracle of miracles, they still stand by us, still love us. If we were to list the things that are holding the world together right now, the things keeping us in this terribly conflicted time from spiraling into utter chaos. We might point to laws, the legal system, or or to societal norms, or or perhaps we would, would point to the bonds forged by faith and culture. Today's psalm offers another answer to this question. It points to something in which we all have a hand. 
friendship. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. Abundant blessings, the psalmist writes, will come to those who practice this simple craft. Abundant blessings and life forevermore to those who cultivate friendship. Blessed be the ties that bind. After 16 years in this pulpit, I look out at this congregation every Sunday and I see an intricate and beautiful web of friendships. These friendships ever-changing, constantly growing, expanding, are now part of our online campus as well. As was mentioned, members of our far-flung family attended the ordination of Natalie Owens Pike in Minneapolis last Sunday. And so the intricate web of friendship grows. Sustaining, nurturing, and just plain being a friend is, I believe, an act of faith. I say this because the good book is just full of accounts of friendship. David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi, Mary and Elizabeth, Paul and Silas. These stories cover the pages of the good book. But I also say this because the essence of God is sometimes described by theologians like Catherine Lacuna as a loving friendship. <laughs> when Christians profess belief in the Trinity, in God as three in one, three distinct persons, creator, Christ, and spirit, held together in unity, they are saying that the very essence of God is a relationship. The very being of God, Lacuna writes, is a friendship, a friendship held together by compassion, care, and love. On this day, All Saints Sunday, we acknowledge those friends who have passed on, who live eternally with and in God, and to whom we remain connected. We say, after all, that we believe in the communion of saints. Now, throughout the past week, I've been thinking about this, this curious phrase, the communion of saints. And I've been wondering if in this terribly troubled world, it's responsible for the church to spend time talking about this dusty old concept. I think our tradition confidently responds, yes. <laughs> Consider, for example, the last Passover meal that Jesus spent in Jerusalem. As violent forces crouch in the shadows, Jesus sups with his disciples. He sits down with his followers, men and women, rich and poor, people moved by his teaching, taken with his gentleness, challenged by his decency. Christ breaks bread. 
He sends a jug of wine around the room. He looks at them. People who have lived every waking moment under despotic rulers and terrible violence. And he declares, I do not call you servants. I call you friends. It's significant, I think, that Christ utters these words at the end of his ministry. Friendship takes root over time. Hardships endured, crazy adventures survived. These are the building blocks of friendship. I do not call you servants, says Jesus. I call you friends. In a way, I think our faith revolves around those words. God saves us by befriending us. And God saves the world by encouraging us to befriend others. In 1985, the film Places in the Heart won the Academy Award for Best Picture. If you have not seen it, you must. Right, Matt? Yes. Thumbs up from TV Guide. Set in a small Texas town during the Great Depression, Places may be the most theologically rich film I've ever seen. It, it opens with a tragedy. A black teenager accidentally shoots and kills a white sheriff. Within hours, a mob made up of KKK members drags the boy to his death. Next, we watch as two different caskets are carried from two different churches to two different cemeteries. The scene is heartbreaking. There are forces in this world, demonic forces, that want to push us apart. There are powers and, and, and prejudices outside us and inside us that fracture the human family afresh every day. After the burials, the film focuses on Sally Field's character, Edna Spaulding. Edna is the widow of the sheriff, a mother of two, a woman with no means of support, no way to make payments on her $240 mortgage. She faces imminent foreclosure on her meager farm. As she tries to put a life together for herself and her two children, Edna's path is not strewn with solutions to her, to her troubles, but with other ever more needy people. A penniless migrant worker, Mose, played by Danny Glover, shows up at Edna's door. A blind man, Mr. Will, played by John Malkovich, is abandoned at Edna's home. Together, they're a collective mess. And yet somehow, this ragtag group makes it. Beset by tornadoes, beleaguered by a merciless banker, beaten by the KKK, these struggling souls manage to turn in a cotton crop and earn enough to put food on the table. As the movie ends, 
Edna's in church. She's survived the first year after her husband's death. In front of the congregation, the minister speaks the words of institution. As he breaks the loaf of bread, the camera slowly pans the congregation. And slowly, the faces of the people sitting in the pews start to come into focus. People bruised and battered by life's turmoil. In front, you see Edna's children, hands torn up from the cotton harvest. Over there is Mose, the migrant worker, and, and right behind him is sitting blind Mr. Will. And there in the, in the next row, well, wait a minute, <laughs> that's Edna's deceased husband. The sheriff is passing the communion elements to the young boy who accidentally shot him. What exactly are we watching in this scene? Imagine that during today's service, a hot mic picked up Pastor Jonah whispering to me, gosh, it was good to see Ed Fagan at worship today. And Rita Arlen looks simply radiant. What a day. Would you think that Jonah had lost it seeing saints of this congregation who'd passed on? Or would you squint just a bit with him? Would you try to look at the world in the same cockeyed way? Would you see on this All Saints Sunday what Christ would have us see whenever we gather around this table? Departed mentors, grandparents, friends, <laughs> enemies too. <laughs> All sorts of people whose imperfect relationships with you and, and with each other have been redeemed and made whole by our Lord. Friendship, our faith dares suggest, friendship is how God intends to save us, all of us. Go on your way from this place rejoicing, knowing that you are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the communion of saints, and as you go, in whatever good you choose to do this coming week, proceed it with hope, accompany it with prayer, and follow it with thanksgiving. And may the blessing of God most wonderful, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be with you now and forevermore. Amen. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.